We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. This indeed is the Pack-A-Day podcast, wherever you may be and however you may be listening. Thank you so much for making us part of your day. We really appreciate it. My name is Nick Schmitz, and today on the podcast, we got a lot to go through in a very short amount of time here. We got some roster moves. We've got some players that have stood out to us and that we want you to keep an eye on tomorrow, which... Already have a football game for the Packers. We've been clamoring for it forever, and all of a sudden it's here. Texans, Packers, you guys, we've survived. We've made it. And as well, when talking about the preseason game, looking at, uh, you know, one of the kind of, I guess, general topics around the NFL, and that is how much should the starters play? How much of the people that we're going to see for the most part, most of the games in the regular season, how much should you expect to see them Thursday? And uh, how much should you expect to see them throughout the preseason in general? So joining me today, Paul and Maggie back on the podcast. Maggie, you are in Wisconsin's capital right now. You're in Madison, which I I know we're talking pre-show. As exciting as Madison is, I think we can all agree you'd rather be in Green Bay at Packers camp. And, uh, Paul, you were just at camp yesterday. That's correct, yes? Yes, it is. Uh, watched the uh, second day of the scrimmage with the Texans. 
Awesome. And Maggie, are, are you able to tell us what you're in Madison for? Yeah, so I'm here for a work conference, and I'm recording this for my hotel room, and someone keeps sneezing. So it's going to be a whole new experience trying to do this uh, in a very public place. Well, hey, if that isn't dedication, Maggie traveling, brought all of her equipment with her, (laughs) and made time for the podcast. So thank you so much, both of you, for being here. So let's start with some roster news. Uh, Most of you at this point probably have heard, if you're plugged in on Twitter, if you're following any of our Twitter people from the Packaday podcast or just kind of in general, um, the Packers have released former second-round draft pick Jason Spriggs. Um, Let's start there with your guys' thoughts. I mean, here's a high-round draft pick, and... Granted, he was a Ted Thompson draft pick, and so there's always, there's always, I guess, whether it's fair or not, there's criticism. Ted Thompson, over the latter end of his tenure with the Packers, he had some good picks, and then the, you have draft from, what, about three years ago where there's nobody left from that draft. So, uh, Maggie, get us started here. What are your thoughts? Are you surprised that they released him this early into into camp and into the preseason? Uh, At first I was a little bit surprised, but then the more I thought about it, I mean, he wasn't practicing because he was injured. So if this injury is anything that could linger long-term, I thought this season would have been his final season in Green Bay. Um, So for, to me, the move makes sense. Um, I guess if they don't see any dramatic improvement from what they've already seen in camp, you know, using a one of the spots on the 53 to keep him around, even if he is a second rounder, isn't ideal. Um, so to me, this is a huge opportunity for Alex Light um, to come in and become that new backup swing tackle. Um, but it also wouldn't be too surprising to me if Elton Jenkins, coming in as advertised, gets one of the starting guard spots, and then Billy Turner um, needs to kick out in a pinch if anything were to happen to one of the tackles either. And, and Paul, I mean... When, when, I guess when you're talking about a second-round draft pick, it's somebody that you uh, you would consider you would have high hopes for. Uh, the Packers in this past draft took took an offensive lineman in the second round. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on them letting him go? You know, are you surprised? What are you, what are your thoughts on on Jason Spriggs being let go? Um, honestly, I'm not terribly surprised. Um, there was a lot of expectations on him when he came in. He was supposed to be you know, the tackle, the future for the Packers, but could just never get in that rhythm. And, you know, when he filled in for Bulaga last year, it was better than what we had seen from him in the past, but still not up to snuff. And I think what this shows is the confidence that they have in the backup tackle position, whether it's um, Alex Light or Billy Turner moving out there. Um, When they drafted Elton Jenkins, I heard some stuff about him potentially being able to play out there if needed. So I think it's a good vote of confidence for that. Um, and by bringing in the extra running back, it kind of makes me wonder if there's any uncertainty around that position now with the injuries that they have to Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, and there really isn't a lot of experience behind those two on the roster. Yeah, and you mentioned a new running back, uh, and this is also part of the roster moves here. The Packers signed running back Keith Ford uh, from the Colts. Um, So I guess I don't know. I didn't ask either of you before this. I... I had no idea who Keith Ford was, still really don't. I don't know if either of you have anything to contribute, anything you can tell our listeners about Keith Ford other than the fact that he plays running back. 
Um, and, you know, that before we get into that, you know, part of the reason why they brought him in, both Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones dealing with hamstring issues. Um, so either of you know anything about Keith Ford of anything of significance, anything that our listeners should be looking at with him on the roster? And is he somebody that even has, is he more of a camp body right now? Or is he somebody that has a legitimate chance of making this team, Paul? I mean, I don't know if you know anything about him. Um, a little bit that I looked up, he's a typical Brian Gutekunst player, um, had the high relative athletic score. Um, I kind of see him more as a camp body, you know, fill that last roster spot. I just think with, you know, Jones, Williams, Dexter Williams there already, um, uh, an experienced runner like Corey Grant that they brought in. Trey Carson's had a nice camp. I think that's just a lot of guys to for him to jump. But you, you never know at this time of the season. And and Maggie, I, I guess I don't know. I should have I should have asked pre-show here. But any any idea on who Keith Ford is? I mean, I know he's got two healthy hamstrings, so that's really all the Packers can ask for right now. Yeah, well, let's let's just take those hamstrings and put them in our other running backs. So um, that is a topic at a different point I would love to discuss, why Packer players always seem to be on the injury report with a hamstring issue, but we won't get into that today. So um, there's some roster news for you guys moving into Thursday night, tomorrow night already with the first preseason game. So... Speaking of that first preseason game, we were talking about, you know, what we would like to discuss today, and we kind of landed on um, players that you should kind of keep an eye on throughout the rest of training camp, but especially uh, tomorrow night with the first preseason game, players that you should keep an eye on. So we're going we're gonna to discuss that here quickly, and Maggie, give us your two players that you think people should be keeping an eye on tomorrow night with the game, and then as well throughout the rest of training camp. Okay, so obviously the 90-man roster is really deep this year. There's a lot of talent to consider. Um, for offense, I took Manny Wilkins, the undrafted quarterback out of Arizona State. Um, you know, I haven't been to training camp yet in person, but from everything I've read and everything I've heard and seen, he's passing the eye test. Um, I know the Packers maybe aren't entirely sold on Deshaun Kaiser as being their QB2. Um, and Tim Boyle, we haven't seen a ton of him. Yeah, so be careful. I'll be interested Andy, might, Andy might be upset with you if you're going to start talking <laughs> bad about Tim Boyle. I'm not saying anything bad about Tim Boyle. I'm just saying I want to see what Manny Wilkins can do. Um, the Packers historically have kept three quarterbacks the last couple of seasons, so maybe Deshaun Kaiser's the odd man out, and they like Manny Wilkins enough to make him this year's Tim Boyle. Um, in college, he threw for 8,000 600 yards with a completion percentage of 63%, had 52 touchdowns to 23 interceptions, which gave him a QB rating of 139.5, which is pretty good. And he's also rushed for over 1,000 yards and 20 touchdowns. Um, So he's a really exciting running quarterback, but he still has a really strong arm. Um, So he's my pick on offense. And then on defense, um, I tweeted about him yesterday and someone made fun of me, so rude. Uh, But Tony Brown is my guy to watch on defense. It's easy to want to talk about Zadarius Smith or, you know, some of the newer players. Um, But I'm excited to see what Tony Brown can do in his second year uh, jump. Josh Jackson, Kevin King both aren't practicing. Um, So Tony Brown has kind of vaulted into that uh, third cornerback role. And especially if you consider that Tremont Williams is a veteran player, he might not be playing a ton in the preseason. So Tony Brown is going to be getting a lot of those starting reps. Uh, He lined up against DeAndre Hopkins and the Texans came for joint practices. 
Um, he played in 11 games for the Packers last year with three starts, had five passes defense, two forced fumbles, and 34 total tackles. Um, and he's also a big special teams contributor. So I'm just excited to see um, the kind of jump that he makes in the Packers secondary because he definitely has the attitude and the talent to play alongside somebody like Jair Alexander. Yeah, and you know, you, you mentioned Tony Brown, and I I've been hearing a lot of great things about him from camp as well. My only my only concern is I I know he's I at least twice last year was uh, flagged for unsportsmanlike penalties, which I'm not a huge fan of, but it's something you just hopefully get under wraps. But he has shown quite a bit uh, throughout camp this year, and. Paul, now this is this is where you differ from both Maggie and I. You've been to camp, so you've been there. You've seen, you know, firsthand what's been going on. So, who are your players that you're looking at for this week? Um, the two guys are rookies for me. One is Kadar Holm, and the other cornerback who's had a really nice camp along with Tony Brown, and I think he could end up being the surprise draft pick for the Packers this year, just as far as in the player that he turns into and the production that we see from him in his rookie season. Um, he's very good in press coverage. He's consistently winning his battles, his one-on-one battles against receivers. And just because he's a sixth-round pick, he's not going against the, the back end of the roster. He's playing with the ones and twos consistently in camp right now. Um, Mike Pettin's had good things to say about him. Matt LaFleur have had good things to say about him. And with Kevin King injured, Josh Jackson injured, it's just going to lead to more playing time for him, I think. And he kind of fits, or he does fit, Mike Pettin's defense better to me than Josh Jackson does. You know, he's really good in man coverage, and that's what Pettin's defense is predicated on. That's why guys like Jair and Kevin King are, you know, prime corners for this defense, whereas Josh Jackson's more of a zone player. So maybe he overtakes him. Who knows? We'll see. Um, but he's just gotten a lot of high praise, and I'm excited to see what he can do, and I think he'll end up playing some significant snaps this season. On the offensive side, I'm going with Elton Jenkins on the offensive line. You know, the line's pretty set. There's Bakhtiari, Lindsley, Billy Turner, and Brian Bulaga, and I do think Lane Taylor is going to be the left guard come week one. But I think Elton Jenkins, you got to watch out for him if you're Lane Taylor. And injuries happen as well, so we're going to see him at some point this year. But he's athletic like all the Brian Gutekunst draft picks are. He's got quick feet, his ability in space. It's going to work well with the Matt LaFleur zone running scheme. I think he's a better fit for that than Lane Taylor is. And his pass protection. Today at practice, he was uh, in the one-on-one drills against the Texans. I can't, I don't, I'm not sure who he was going up against, but he pancaked them two plays in a row, two reps in a row. Just incredibly impressive how strong he is. He couldn't be moved, and he just knocked the other guy on his butt. Um, and during his time at uh, Mississippi State, he only gave up three sacks in his four years. So he's well-versed in pass protection as well. So he's someone else that I'm going to be keeping my eyes on. Well, you know, you mentioned you weren't sure who he was going up against. Just to make Packer fans just feel good, we'll just pretend that it was J.J. Watt that he did that to <laughs> twice in a row. Even though we all know that's not true, we'll just pretend for the sake of making ourselves feel really good about it. So um, rookies always... Uh, a great time during preseason games. They usually get a lot of reps, so those two guys should very easily you should be able to see some see some reps of and and be able to watch them Thursday. I uh, as well. I have not, even though I live just outside of Green Bay, I work almost all the time when the Packers are at camp. So I haven't been to camp yet. So although I was able to turn on family night uh, Friday, I was able to watch a little bit. Um, so my offensive player, surprise, surprise, nobody's going to be shocked by this, is uh, Jake Kumaro. Um, 
you know, I've been I've been on board with him since last year, and I know he's he's got the you know as uh, as Jacob Westendorf likes to point out, Jake Kumaro's older than him, um, so he is up there in age. He hasn't been on an active roster until last year, um, and I know the the receiver room is deep. And there's a lot of uh, talk about where he would fit in. But at this point, one of the things that I'm really looking at with Jake Kumaro, as far as the receiver room goes, and this doesn't mean that it equates to automatically getting a roster spot, but one thing that we've always talked about is the most important, the best thing that you can do as a receiver for Aaron Rodgers is have his trust. If he doesn't trust you, your skill level doesn't matter because he's just not going to throw you the ball because he can't trust you. And there seems to be some type of rapport that works really well between the two of them. And I think, you know, he just, I don't know. There's something special about him. I don't, I can't explain why I like him so much, but he seems to have that connection with Rodgers. And that's something that I think is really important as far as, especially when you have so many young receivers besides Devontae Adams and Geronimo Allison, you want to have another guy in there that he's really clicking with. And so I think that's really important. The other one on defense, I went with Rashawn Gary and I, this was one of those things. I know when they picked him, a lot of people were, you know, they weren't really sure about the pick. Some felt that they reached for him. And I didn't know much about him other than he played at Michigan. But uh, some of the videos I've seen of him, and Paul, I, I hopefully you can speak to this here quickly, but he looks massive in, like, and, like, in a good way. Like, I mean, he looks just utterly huge from what you can see in videos. And what's nice about him is he's not going to be asked to come in right away and be an every down starter. He's got both Smiths that he's behind right now. He'll be able to fill in and play the play that kind of fill in role, which is great for his rookie year. But I mean, Paul, I, I don't know if you can touch on this as far as but I mean from what I've seen, he just looks like different from just some other people and just how big he is. Is that correct? Am I seeing that correctly when I'm seeing videos of him? Yeah, absolutely. And when they had their pre-camp physicals, I think what is he six four two seventy five with ten percent body fat or under that? It's incredible. And the practices that I've been to, the offense alignment and defense alignment one on one drills have been right in front of us, so it's been really cool to see. But the the strength, the speed that you read about with him, it's all true. His jump off the ball is incredible, um, and then his strength that he can attack you with as well. Uh, it's it's impressive. Yeah, so I, I mean, I just think, I feel like he'll be getting quite a few snaps throughout the preseason, and, uh, you know, obviously you drafted him with the 11th overall pick. You hope that he's going to be, you know, good when you draft a player that high, but definitely uh, somebody to keep an eye on just with how big he is from what I've been able to see. So, um, well, so those are some players that we think you should keep an eye on through this first preseason game here and as well throughout Nick, the rest hey, of the Nick, I, I want to cheat. I want to add one more player. All right. I'm, I need to add Danny Vitale to this list, the muscle man. After a brief <laughs> hiatus, the fullback is back in Green Bay. Um, and it's not your traditional fullback, you know, block. He's going to do that, you know, maybe pick up a yard here and there. But out of the in the passing game at Northwestern, he had 135 receptions, over 1,400 yards, and 11 touchdowns in his career there. And we've seen Kyle Uzcheck of the 49ers under Kyle Shanahan um, be a big weapon in that passing game. So 
I'm going to be watching Danny Vitale as well. And, you know, he is such an it, – it's, it's so weird that you bring that up because it seems like the position of fullback is dying in the NFL. Like, it, I mean, I don't know about other teams, but, like, it, it's not what it used to be. And yet Green Bay just – like, and he's I, – I just feel like he's going to be like every other fullback that comes through here. He's going to have, like, folklore status here. In, like, you know, a couple of months, you know, like John Kuhn did in the fullbacks before him. So I've been hearing a lot of great things about him. I heard that he had just a incredibly athletic grab the other day at camp. Um, I You know, I don't know. I don't know much about that. I've just been hearing that, that he's been looking really great in camp. So keep an eye on those guys named there and... Um, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how, where it all goes from here. But the last question I want to get into before we wrap up here, guys, is um, it's something I've been thinking a lot about. The NFL, you know, everybody hates the preseason because they're football games that don't matter. And with football being the contact sport that it is, you don't want to get your star players hurt in preseason. In fact, you don't want anybody to get hurt during the preseason. So we have four games and. They can be useful, these preseason games, as far as getting live reps in and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, like we said, we're the, you're trying to get out of the preseason without any injuries. So one of the things that I would like to know from you guys is how much do preseason reps matter and how much does that translate into the first couple weeks of the season? Because I know last year Aaron Rodgers played exactly one drive in the preseason. It ended in a touchdown. It was great. But given that you have a new head coach, a completely new offensive system, and you're still looking at, you know, players like Equinemius St. Brown and MVS, they're still young. They could, you know, stand to get some playing time in live action with Aaron Rodgers. So when we're talking preseason, and, I, you know, I don't know as of right now, I'm just going to assume Aaron Rodgers is not going to play tomorrow night. I assume that's going to be the plan. Um, but when we look at preseason games, new head coach, new offense, young players, how much should these guys be playing? And, you know, what do you expect to see as far as each position goes? Do, are we going to see more than one drive out of Aaron Rodgers' this entire preseason, or is it going to look pretty much the same? I mean, Maggie, where do you see where do you see the number of snaps for your projected starters right now for week one well they asked Aaron Rodgers about this at his last locker room interview uh, which I believe was yesterday and he said that ideally he would play in the second and third preseason games and a big part of wanting to play in that third preseason game is because they're in Winnipeg and he doesn't want to disappoint those fans Uh, so I thought that was pretty cool from QB1 to acknowledge that he wants to be able to play um, for the fans there Uh, But I think that, you know, Aaron Rodgers will see a little bit more time uh, on most of the starters. I would say maybe full quarters instead of single drives, uh, just considering that they all need to get clicking with this offense. And I know that that's what training camp is for, but especially when you consider uh, Matt LaFleur's comments about the offense being a little sluggish or things not clicking and the defense winning a lot of these team reps and a lot of these one-on-ones, I think that getting some in-game action is really going to be important. Uh, the trickier part to me is going to be balancing the snaps between players like running back. If Jones and Williams aren't playing, uh, the depth is just so deep at those positions that it's going to be really hard to get everyone a look. 
Um, so I think, I guess that's the pro of your, your starters resting. Um, but then the con is you're not sure if they're getting enough time um, to really develop a chemistry against a team other than their own team's defense. And, you know, one of the things I, I was just thinking of this, Paul, and, and uh, speak to this a little bit if you can. You know, I was noticing as I was talking about players getting reps, talked about a new coach, new offensive system, young players, and just kind of neglected the defensive side of the ball, which is still in its infancy under just under its second year with Mike Pettin. And you've got Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary, Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage. Uh, you know, these are all guys that are new or young. You've got the corners from last year uh, in Alexander and Jackson who are just coming into their second year. And then you have Kevin King who, even though he's – you know, considered a veteran now, he's been hurt, and, you know, he could stand to use some more reps. When we look at the defensive side of the ball, I mean, is it is it is it the same as the offense? I know when it comes to preseason, we're always worried about offensive players. We're worried about the wide receiver, the running back, the quarterback. But given that this defense is either A, very young, or B, just completely new to the team, how much? How many reps should these defensive starters be get be getting? Given that the presumption also that they're healthy. If anybody shows up on the injury list, we can just you know games don't count. They don't need to play. But you know, given that the defense is young and new, uh, you know, how much should they be getting? You know, first first team reps. Um, I think from the starters, we'll see kind of like with the offense that Maggie mentioned and what Roger said, the second and third game is probably when we'll see him the most. But I don't think, you know, it might be more. I don't see it being more than a quarter. Um, you know, a new it's a new defense for a number of those players. But learning the new offense is just going to take more time. And so far through camp, from what I've seen, the defense has gelled a lot quicker than the offense has but that's to be expected. But the offense has a number of things to clean up and getting some live reps um, in a game environment against a different opponent other than your defense. Um, you know, it's going to be a good time to do that. So compared to what we've seen in the past under McCarthy, just because it was the same, you know, offense and defense with capers as well, for the most part, we're going to see an increase in snaps and playing time for just about all the starters on the roster. But I wouldn't expect, you know, halves of football might be a quarter or so like Maggie said okay and you know you know it's one of those things we you, the preseason you deal with that dilemma of reps versus injuries and you want your players healthy for week one but you also don't want them rusty um, so it'll be interesting to see you know how Matt LaFleur manages these preseason games it's something that right now we just don't really know because he's never had the ability to do this you know he's a first year head coach so it'll be interesting to see um i know i'll be watching tomorrow night i'm sure you guys will be watching as well um if there's one specific thing not necessarily player but if there's one thing that you're truly excited to watch it could be something you know i'm thinking the biggest the thing that i'm really interested to see in this first preseason game is unfortunately this this new stupid rule that they've put in about pass interference being reviewable um, it, it, what is something that you guys are watching for tomorrow night with this game? And, and, and Maggie, I'll start with you on this. Is there anything in particular that, you know, from anything from football operations to rules, anything like that, that you're going to be really kind of paying attention for? 
Honestly, I am most excited to see pass-catching running backs. I know that Matt LaFleur is not going to give away all his secrets, uh, especially during the preseason, but I, I want to get a little bit of a feel for this new scheme, uh, this outside zone running, and see what some of these running backs can do um, in the passing game aside from just the running game. So that's what I'm, I'll be watching for. And, Paul, anything that's standing out to you? I really like that answer, but I'll switch it up. I'm going to go <laughs> the the receiver battle on the back end. Um, you know, if we make the assumption, whether it's right or wrong, but for argument's sake, six receivers on the roster, really you have Trevor Davis, Jake Kumro, Darius Shepard, Alan Lazard, um, you know, maybe a couple other guys in there battling for those final two spots. And I'm really just curious to see how that's shaking out. Darius Shepard's a – player to keep your eye on he can be good out of the slot and as a return man trevor davis is injured right now not sure if he'll play thursday or not so i'm just curious to see how that uh back end competition of the wide receiver is going to work out yeah well nonetheless guys i'm just excited to be watching a packers game even though it doesn't count i've been getting into the preseason a lot more just because it's fun to be able to watch some of these guys that you wouldn't normally see on sundays so Guys, it's back tomorrow night. You get to watch an actual Packers game, even though it doesn't count. Sit down if you can. Watch it. Enjoy it. It's going to be fun. I know I'm looking forward to it. I'm sure you guys are all looking forward to it as well. So uh, we got to wrap up here, guys. Uh, Paul, Maggie, thanks for joining me. And Maggie, uh, if people want to get in touch with you, follow your work, how do they do that? I am on Twitter at Maggie Lawler, L-A-W-L-E-R, and I also write for Cheesehead TV. And, Paul, how can people get in contact with you and follow your work? You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Brettel, B-R-E-T-L, and I'm the site editor over at Dairyland Express where we cover Packers, Brewers, Bucks, Badgers. Awesome. And my name is Nick Schmidt. You can follow me on Twitter at Sports Schmitty. And as Jacob Westendorf pointed out the last time we were on, at Annie Lincoln held a much better follow than me. Uh, we'll see how that goes when the season starts, too, because I'm not really sure how much she tweets about the Packers. But um, we are out of time. Thanks, you guys, so much for listening today. Paul, Maggie, thanks for joining me. Maggie, especially for making the effort being on the road in Madison. Really appreciate you doing that. That's really awesome. And uh, just a quick shout-out to all you, the fans, as Packer fans. I've been seeing this all week. I know the Texans were they're in town this week, and you know the, the very famous video of J.J. Watt, fulfilling his childhood dream, riding a bike to practice, and breaking the seat in the process. It was very humorous. But just in general, I saw another video the other morning. Some fan, some Packer fan was out there at 4 a.m. waiting for a Texans player to give him gushers. And it's just <laughs> it's, it's a testament to you guys as the fans. I just keep seeing all this stuff. The training camp, riding the bikes to practice, it's so cool. And it just... It really reflects on you, the fan, and how great of a fan base this is and how lucky we are to have such great fans in Packer fans in general and supporters of this podcast such as yourself. So thank you so much for being the awesome fans that you guys are. We really appreciate it here at Packaday Podcast. Make sure that you're following the podcast on Twitter at Packaday Podcast and make sure that, especially during the preseason, Turn notifications on for people like Andy Herman, who is pretty much at training camp every day, so you can be kept up to date on everything that's going on at training camp, as well as the rest of our contributors that are there at at uh, 
training camp. I don't know who's there every day, so Andy is about the only one I know that's pretty much consistently there every day. But uh, make sure you're following him, following the podcast, like I said, at Packaday Podcast on Twitter, and make sure that you're liking the podcast and subscribing on your favorite podcasting platforms. So thanks again for listening, everyone, and as always, Go Pack Go! Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment 
and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.